Hello and thank you for joining us for this uh, teaching and time of prayer for the sick. And we're going to be teaching uh, on healing and looking to the Word of God specifically on the subject of healing. Now, I do these every Sunday night. Uh, on, on other days, I teach other subjects. But Sunday nights, specifically, God put it on my heart to look at His Word, God's Word on healing. And this is ongoing teaching. And we pray for the sake. And it's, it's not a long teaching. Uh, but I believe that the Spirit of God wants us to understand what His Word has to say. Now, I, I, just before I get into some things, and, and tonight's going to be a simple message. I think sometimes we complicate it. Uh, but, but before we get into that, I, I just want to say this. I want to encourage you to look in the scriptures for yourself, what I'm saying. I want to encourage you to open your Bibles and have a look. See, sometimes preachers say, well, you must believe it because I said it. Personally, I don't want you to just believe it because I'm saying it. I don't, I don't want you to just believe my interpretation. I want you to look in the scriptures. I want to encourage you. Have the courage to look into the word of God and see what the word of God is actually saying. It's where we get things complicated because we, 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 people just want to go with, well, that's his interpretation. That's his interpretation. And we miss what God says half the time because we're so focused on man's interpretation. And, 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 and I want to encourage you, get in the word. As we go through these things today, and I'm going to look at a very simple principle, very simple truth. But I, I'm going to encourage you, look at scriptures. Go open your Bible up. And don't just believe it because I'm saying it. Believe it because you see it in the word. And, and, and open your heart to what the word is saying. Open your heart to what the Bible is saying as we teach this tonight. Because I believe, I, I, I believe you can be healed today listening to this. I don't believe it has to take three, four, five years or years of praying and believing God. I believe that healing can manifest in you right now. And tonight, as you look into the word of God, now you might not believe that right now, but let the word of God build faith into you and see what the word has to say. And, 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 and just, I want to encourage you, don't, don't, don't try to just cloud the word of God and what the scriptures are saying with preconceived ideas. This is where we met up. Uh, and, and, and a big part of my heart is to draw people back to the word. So we're going to look at something right now. I want to open your Bibles with me. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. And, and, and I'm going to, there's one specific truth that I want to point out out of Acts chapter 10. But let me give you a bit of foundation just for a couple of minutes to, to lead up to that truth. So stick with us through this message because, but I believe that we're going to, that, that as this go, teaching goes through today, that faith is going to be imparted to you. You're going to get stirred up and, and the, the presence of God can touch your life while the word is being taught. And healing can manifest. I, I, I'm, I believe for that. I'm trusting God for healing to manifest in your bodies. Uh, and you know, even amazing, miraculous things while you're listening to the word. And, and because it's, I'm not the healer. In the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, he's the healer. The Lord is the healer and his anointing heals and his anointing and his power and his presence is on his word. So as we teach his word, as we look into his word, that presence of God and that the, the anointing can touch your life, even right there. Even we, we don't have to be near each other just physically for that to happen because I'm not the healer. That's the whole thing. <laughs> God, the Lord is the healer. And as we look to his word, open the scriptures with me. Look it up. 
And let's see what the word of God actually says. Not, our, not, not just our personal interpretations, not just our preconceived ideas. We need to start laying those aside and get back to the truths of the word of God and the simplicity. And in fact, one, one of the things I want to show you today is the simplicity, the simplicity of some things. I want to look at something that Peter said. Uh, now, let me just give you a bit of foundation for this. Who, who was Peter in the first place? Well, Peter is, it was one of Jesus' 12 disciples initially, but actually he was one of the closest ones. If we look through the Gospels, you'll see he, he was one of the three closest disciples to Jesus. He had a very close walk with Jesus. And, and, and even after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, Peter was foundational. He was, he was very important in, in the, the starting off and the, 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 the founding of the church. God, Jesus selected him. In fact, he preached the first message uh, 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 right after the day of Pentecost. He was the first one who had just that mass, you know, thousands of people saved and receiving Jesus right after on the day of Pentecost. So Peter is not an insignificant figure in church history. And as we look at something Peter said, I want to just encourage you on this. I believe Peter knows better than modern theologians. I don't believe there's a theologian on this planet or there has been a theologian on this planet in church history for the last 2000 years who knows better than about Jesus and the message Jesus preached than someone like Peter. So we've we've got to decide. I, I want to stop listening to, to people that are saying other things. Let's actually look at what was said in the Bible. And let's hear something that Peter has to say that's going to stir you up. Now, if you read Acts 10, I don't have time to read the whole chapter right now. But as if you read Acts 10, uh, many of you might know this passage. This is where uh, God brought Peter and Cornelius together. Now, Cornelius, uh, he, he, he was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. But God, uh, basically, just summary, uh, Cornelius has a visitation, uh, a divine visitation, and Peter has a divine visitation. Both of them have visions. Both of them have encounters with God and with angels. And God brings these two men together. Through these divine encounters, this, this is this, this is there's a real move of God involved in bringing these two men together. Now, why did God bring them together? Was it just so they could all have dinner together? No, it's very specific. In fact, Acts 10, uh, it, it, when God told Cornelius to to go where to find Peter. Or the angel uh, told uh, one of the things he says to Cornelius about Peter, it says, he will tell you, tell you what you must do, okay? There's something that God wanted Cornelius to hear from Peter. And in fact, you see in Acts 10, 22, you see the same same thing. That it, it talks about um, how, um, and they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man who, who fears God and has a good reputation among all the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Notice that. Why did God bring these two men together? It wasn't just so they could have dinner or could have a good chat and a laugh together. It is because God wanted Cornelius and his household to hear words, to hear something that Peter had to say. Does that give you the impression that what Peter said was important? Maybe there's something we can learn. 
God specifically brought these two men together. In fact, in, in fact, even later in Acts 11, when Peter's accounting the events, he says the same thing. He talked about, uh, quoting Cornelius, he says uh, that the angel had said to him, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. The whole point of this divine encounter, the whole point of bringing these two men together was the message that Peter was going to deliver. Now, again, this is Peter. He's a significant person in, in the start of the church. He knows what he's talking about. God is divinely bringing these two men together for the express purpose of what Peter is going to say. See, I'm building this up because I want you to see the message Peter preached is, is quite significant. It's not a side message. God's hand is involved in the delivering of this message to Cornelius. Uh, through a man who is one of Jesus' closest three disciples and then one of the founding apostles of the church. Do you think he knew what he was talking about? Do you think that Peter was going to take it lightly and deliver the wrong message? Do you, God chose him because he was going to take the message that needed to be taken. So we're going to look at that message in just a moment. What was it that Peter brought to Cornelius? What did he say? And is there something for us in there? Is there something we can learn? particularly about healing. Well, let's go look at that message. I don't want to dwell up on the, on the groundwork for too long. Let's look at the message. Now, some of you have heard, of it, heard it before, and I'm only going to preach a simple message tonight. But I, I, so, so even if you've heard some of this before, open your heart. Just let the word speak to you. Look at the scriptures because it's going to stir you. It's going to inspire faith in your heart. And, 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 and this is simplicity to this. Now, in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, Peter begins to preach. So this is now, he's now delivering the message that God has mightily moved to bring them together for him to deliver. So now he's, he's getting there. Getting, we've got a record of that. Message. Wow, that's amazing. Let's look at what Peter said. Verse 34 it says, then Peter opened his mouth and said. So he starts in verse 34. I'm not going to go into the first two verses, but verse 36. Verse 36 this is still Peter talking here. And he says, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. He refers to the word. Uh, we might say the message. The, the, original, the original word used there is logos. Now, some of you might have heard that, that, that there's two different words in the Bible translated word or word of God. One is logos, one is rhema. They're both in the Bible. This is not what I'm preaching on today. But the, he uses logos, the, the, the word which God sent, logos which God sent. And then in verse 37, he says that word. And he refers to that same word, but this time he uses the word rhema. So, he, you know, he uses both logos and rhema in these two, in these, in these two verses referring to the message that was preached. And, and, and he's building something up here. He's, he's, he's about to tell Cornelius what the message is. What is the message? And, and he says in verse 37, that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. So he's referring to the message, which right after John's baptism, started to come forth through Jesus and the message that was preached throughout Galilee by Jesus and, and that eventually they are the, the, the church and the apostles are continuing to preach but at, at this time 
So Peter's not messing around here, getting right to the core of the message. What is the message? What is the word that God brought forth from Jesus and, and, and is now continuing to spread through the church? He, he, I want you, I'm, I'm giving this build up because I want you to see the significance of the next verse. Peter's given this build up. He, 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 see, there's some people that say, oh, healing's not that important. It's not really central to the gospel. It doesn't seem like anyone told Peter that. <laughs> but what Peter says next, after this incredible buildup of God, by divine power and visions and angels bringing these two men together, and, and, and for the specific purpose of Peter preaching, God choosing Peter, who is not just a casual member of the church, he's someone quite significant in this all, to deliver this message, and then Peter starts to emphasize the message. What is the message that was preached? And he's about to tell Cornelius that message. And the very first thing he dives into, or right at the top of the list, it's not the first, it's, it's in the first few, it's in this first sentence, is healing. That's why I say when people say, well, healing is not that important, it's, you know, what we really need is gospels, not healing. Somebody seemed to forget to tell Peter that. Because Peter seems to think healing is the message and is right core, slap bang in the middle of the message. That is the founding message that was preached right from the baptism of John all the way around Galilee, all the way through, and, and was the founding message of the gospel of the church. So people who try to take healing out of the gospel, the question is, are they changing the message? Let's look at what Peter said, what the message is. Okay, open your Bibles. Have a look at this. I'm not trying to preach my interpretation. You go look in the scriptures for yourself. Look at what Peter's saying here. Okay, now, Verse 37, that word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Now he's about to tell you what that word, what that message, that logos, that rhema, what it is. Those are two Greek words, logos and rhema. Verse 38, he now is about to tell you that word which was preached. What word? Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He doesn't preach the gospel of salvation first. In fact, if you read the next verse, you'll see he starts to talk about what we would call the salvation message. Isn't it interesting? It's this first some of the, oh, you shouldn't preach that first. You must just preach the cross and, and salvation. Please understand me. I appreciate salvation from sins. But there's nothing in the New Testament which minimizes the healing message as being less significant. People who say to you, oh, it's not the most important. Oh, it's not as significant. It's not as important. They don't seem to be consistent with Peter on that idea. Now, we've got to ask ourselves, who, know, who, who really knows better? Peter? A significant apostle in the founding of the church, one of the foundation apostles of the church, or a modern theologian in a modern commentary. Personally, I'll go with Peter. <laughs> it's up to you. You go with 
no pressure. You pick who you want to. Personally, I think Peter's a good one to go with on this idea. He dives right in. He mentions healing right at the start of what he says. Is it because healing's important? Is it because it's significant? Seems to be because Peter includes it as part of the word, the message, which, got, which he delivers to Cornelius under divine instruction because God wanted Cornelius to hear what Peter had to say. Now, I want you to, I, I built all that up because I want you to see the significance of what he's saying. Now we want to look at what he's saying. Uh, and because I don't do long teachings with these healing teachings, I'm not going to look at every part of what he says here. I want to highlight one aspect of it. And I want you and I want to encourage you to look at the bit that I'm highlighting and the other scriptures that I'm going to point you to about this. And I, let the scriptures build faith in you. Just let the scriptures speak to you and show you what they are saying on this topic. Okay, let's read this. Let me read this verse again, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, Jesus himself referred to that. The very first message Jesus preached, or the first message that we have record of, is, is Luke 4, where Jesus stood up in his own hometown and he, and he quoted Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Isn't it interesting how Jesus dives in with that as, as, as his right on early message is the anointing, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he then goes on and explains why the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel and open the eyes of the blind first other things. But Peter starts in when he talks about the message, he starts off talking about the message of how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, that's not what I'm going to focus on now. I'm going to, getting a little bit further in the verse. Now, G, he, Peter continues in, in Acts 10, 38. Look, look at this. Look at the word of God for yourself. See what this verse has to say. Who went about. So this Jesus who God has anointed. Peter continues. Jesus went about doing good. What did Jesus do as he went about? Good. There's so much in that. I, I could preach a message just on that. We've not really seen the goodness. He, the Bible says Jesus is the good shepherd. There's so much in the goodness of God. If, you, if we just got a revelation of good and the goodness of God and Jesus being the good shepherd, you, you'd stop questioning a lot of things about what he wants to do in your life. But that's not what I'm focusing on right now. I want to get to the next part. Okay. What about doing good and healing? And healing. So what did Jesus do as he was going about? He went about doing good and healing. 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 Now, that word healing, if you look it up in the original language, it is translated multiple times in the New Testament for physical healing. This is not talking about some spiritual healing. It's used throughout the Gospels to refer to people being physically healed, their actual bodies being healed. Okay, so let's try and twist the word and make the Bible say something it's not saying. Look at how this word is used in the Bible. It's talking about physical healing here. See, people read a word and they say, oh, well, that's not talking about that. That's talking about spiritual healing. Now, what they've just done when they say that is they've added to the word of God. They've read a text and then they've added their bit in. That's not talking about physical healing. It's talking about spiritual healing. See, that's where our interpretation begins to mess the verse up. We add a little bit extra in that's not in there. 
just look at what the word says for itself. Look at how that word is used elsewhere. And you'll see over and over again throughout the Gospels, that word refers to physical healing. Right? Now, that's not what I'm going to emphasize. I want to emphasize the next thing. It doesn't say Jesus went about healing. Notice what it says. Look at the words in your own scriptures, in your own Bibles. It says this, who went about doing good and healing all. Notice that word all. All. How many did Jesus heal? Now, this, this is right, right here. I'm about to lose half the church and half the Christians. But remember, Peter, Peter seemed to think this was necessary to say. Did Jesus, sorry, did Peter preach a Jesus who healed all? I've had, I've had people get offended with me when I say Jesus heals all. Now, what they don't realize, I'm quoting scriptures when I'm saying that. And I'm, gonna, I'm about to give you some scriptures. These are the scriptures that I want you to, 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 to just get to see what they're saying. Let this build into your heart. See, so there's some people that say, yes, Jesus can heal and he heals some. Well, right there, you've added a word to the Bible that's not in the Bible. That is where you've turned the Bible message into your own interpretation. The moment you say Jesus heals some. You've, you've now put a word in that you won't find used in reference to Jesus healing people. You'll find the word all used repetitively. This is where we mess up our Bible interpretation. We add in a word that's not in there, and then we say that's what the scripture is saying. Be careful about even one word, changing one word like that can totally change the message. What did Peter say is the message. This is the word. This is the logos. This is the rhema. This is the message. This is the message that God brought Peter and Cornelius together for the specific purpose that P Peter could tell this to Cornelius. Now, they, they, why is it that modern preachers get offended? They, there are a lot of preachers that, oh, you can't get in the pulpit and say Jesus heals all. Again, Peter doesn't seem to have gotten that memo. P Peter doesn't seem to have heard that when he studied the Bible. He, he doesn't seem to have heard what a lot of modern preachers are preaching, that Jesus only heals some. Peter, Peter, either Peter's wrong or we're wrong. One of us has got it different. Because what did, what did Peter preach? What does he say? I've had preachers say, oh, you can't get up in a pulpit and preach J Jesus heals all. Really? So you're telling me I can't say the same thing Peter said. And I'm wrong to quote Peter. What did Peter actually say? That word all is in the original language. It's in the Greek. He didn't, Peter did not just say Jesus went about healing some people. It said, Peter says Jesus, he went about doing good and healing all. All. Should we feel ashamed to preach the same message that Peter preached? In fact, let's, let's, let's go have a look in the Gospels. Again, follow, follow, follow in the Word with me. Look in your own Bibles. Don't just take it because I'm saying it. And I know I keep repeating that today. But this is, a, this is an area where people are stuck on. This is an area where people, are, there are a lot of people that can accept Jesus heals some people. But they, they do not want to hear Jesus heals all. 
Now, let me ask you this before we go to the Gospels. I'll give you the scripture reference. You can go look it up now or in your own time. I don't mind when. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. And it says, Jesus Christ, the same. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if Jesus healed all in the Gospels, if Peter knew a Jesus who healed all, and yet today Jesus does not heal all, my question is to you, at what point in history did Jesus change? Where did he change? Because we're, we're told to believe in a Jesus who's the same. He's the same Jesus. And is the message the same? Is the message the church is supposed to be preaching the same message that Peter presented? Or do we have a new message? Do Here's the real thing. Do we have a different gospel and a different Jesus to preach? Or do we have the same gospel and the same Jesus to preach? Personally, I'd rather preach the same Jesus and the same gospel. Peter just told you what the gospel is. He said that part of the message is Jesus went out doing good and healing now, I don't want to get into an argument about this. I'm not going to sit here and argue with people. What I want to encourage you to do is open your own Bibles. Don't change the wording. Look at the wording of these scriptures and, and, and let this build faith in you. If you believe in God for healing, if you, if you need healing right now, follow the, just listen very carefully. If you can, look at these scriptures. And I'm going to read. I'm just going to let the word have a pounding effect in your life right now. I'm going to read, I think it's about 10 or 15 of these scriptures. Don't tune this out. Let the word speak for itself. Capture what the word of God is saying in these scriptures. And these are straight out of the gospels. This is straight out of the ministry of Jesus. You don't get any better New Testament truth than this. Straight out of the ministry of Jesus what I'm about to read. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. Matthew 8, 16. Give me a moment to get there. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick. How many did he heal? We don't need to change the wording to interpret this. Let's just ask what it actually says. What does it actually say? It says he healed all who were sick. How many is that? Is that some of the sick or is that all of the sick? The word is all. This is what the word is showing us. Should I be ashamed? Should I feel like I can't stand in a pulpit and preach a Jesus who heals all? Because maybe someone's going to get offended and maybe people don't want to hear that message. Maybe people want to hear a message of a Jesus who only heals some people. Some pastors want to preach Jesus. They say, well, we preach healing. We just preach some people get healed. Is that the message? Look in the word for yourself. I believe in a Jesus who heals all, and I'm not ashamed. The reason I believe that is because I see it in the word. I want you to see it in the word too. Let's look at some more scriptures. Follow me. Let's look at the word. Let the word. Don't just believe it's because what I'm saying. Believe it because the word says it. Let's see what the Bible actually says. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, verse 56. Mark 6, 56. 
These, these scriptures will build faith in you. These scriptures will, will answer some questions. You allow these scriptures to speak to your heart. You, you begin to connect in with some healing. There's some people that are struggling to receive because they're not sure. Well, I'm not sure if God's going to heal me. Well, are you part of all? Does Jesus heal all? <laughs> I'm part of all. I don't know about you. I'm part of all. Mark chapter 6, verse 56. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or in the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces. I wonder why they laid the sick in the marketplaces every time he went into the, into the village. Why, why would the sick people all run out into the street when Jesus is coming into town? Is it because they expected to get something when they got around him? His re Jesus' reputation went before him. Everywhere he went, the moment they heard Jesus coming into town, what happened? They flooded the, the street with sick people. That's what the verse says. Wherever he entered into wherever this is not just talking about one village. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or in the even in the countryside, in the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that he might that they might touch the hem of his garment. Is this giving you the impression of just one or two people? Now, what what happened when they touched his garment? What, what does the verse tell us happened? Let's not change any of the wording. What does the verse tell us happened when they touched his garment? And as many as touched him were made well. How, how many? As many as touched him. Does it say half of the ones who touched him were made well? No, you'd have to change the wording. You'd have to add in a personal interpretation to say that. That as many as touched him were made well in just one village, in just one city, or is this talking about wherever he went, villages and cities and in the country? That's what the verse starts off with. It's giving you the impression of every village he went into, every city he went into, wherever he went, they would line the street sick people, and it says. The sick people would just be trying to touch him. This isn't talking about one or two people or five or 10 or 15 people. And as many as touched him were made well. Do you get the impression that if you come into contact with Jesus, healing happens? Do you realize that Peter was with Jesus when this happened? He saw this happening. In the Gospels, we have a record of about, you know, 1920, however you counted, people who were healed and people who were demon-possessed. But we're also told that's not all the miracles Jesus did. There, there are scriptures like this which just give us the impression he just healed the masses. We're not given any details. We're not told the name. Like we're told about Jairus and the centurion. Those are not the only people Jesus healed. We're given the impression of a massive healing ministry. Every village, every town, everywhere he goes, according to this verse. Read it. Don't, don't just take my word for it. What does the verse say? And as many as touched him, what happens to them? What happens when they come into contact with him? As many as touched him were made well. Is he the same today? 
Is Jesus, or put it this way, is the Jesus we preach the same or have we changed the Jesus we're preaching? I believe he's the same. If you come into contact with him, he'll heal you. That's why I say you can receive healing now. I'm not the healer. Jesus is. And all you have to do is just come into contact with him and just reach out. He's the healer. He's the healer. Put your faith in him, not in man. Don't put your faith in a commentary or in a denomination or in a particular pastor or in a particular church. Put your faith in the Lord. He'll heal you. Let's look at some more verses. Luke chapter 9. Don't pull out and think, oh, yeah, I've seen the two verses you want to show me, you know, show me something else. No, just let the word pound this truth into you. That's why I'm going through this. Meditate on this. Just get this. Get this. Let's see this. Luke 9, 11. I don't want to teach for hours, but I want to I want to get through a few more of these. So I'm going to speed up a little bit. Let the words speak for themselves. I'll try to add in as little extra myself as I go. Luke 9, 11. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Does it say, is the word some in there at all? Does it say he healed some of those who needed healing or does it say he healed those who needed healing? This is showing you about Jesus. This is showing you what Peter preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He went about doing good. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all. He's Jesus who heals all. He's the same Jesus today. Matthew, uh, it's Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4. I'm telling you, if you'll just, you just let the word, you just let the word speak into your life right now. Faith will come from the word of God. God's presence, God's anointing is on the word of God. Healing can manifest. Healing can manifest. All those questions where you've thought, maybe it's not God's will to heal me. Maybe God doesn't heal everybody, man. Just, just drop all that funny doctrine and receive the word. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus went about all Galilee. Sounds like what Peter said. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Is there any disease he can't heal? Can he only heal some kinds and not other kinds? Here it says he healed all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. (laughs) Keep reading. Among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought to him all sick people. How many sick people did they bring to him? They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics. Does that give you the impression three people? Or does it give you the impression quite a big crowd of sick people? Verse two, and then the last phrase, and he healed them. Is there any restriction there about how many of them he healed? Does it say he healed some of them? No. They brought all sick people and he healed them. Full stop. End of sentence. Don't add any more interpretation. Take it for what it says. Let the word build faith in your heart and begin to see the Jesus 
who heals all. Matthew 9, 35. Matthew, I've got a few more of these. Stick with me. God's word will bring healing into your life. Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. How many sicknesses did he heal? How many diseases did he heal? That verse says every. Every. Let's stop changing the word. Let's stop preaching Jesus heals some people. Let's start preaching the same message, the Jesus who heals all. Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed them and he healed them all. How many did he heal? Only some of them? No. Great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. You would have thought if God didn't want to heal everybody, that somewhere in one of those crowds would be at least one person that wasn't God's will to heal. And one of these verses at least would say he healed all of them except for the one it wasn't God's will to heal. That phrase isn't in there. That's something we've added in. It's not in the gospel. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had, oh, how many? All, all those who had, sorry, I lost my place. All those who had any that was sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands, notice this phrase, on every one of them and healed them. That's my Jesus right there. Am I ashamed to preach Jesus heals all? Should I be? I've had pastors who won't even talk to me anymore because I preach Jesus heals everyone. I'm quoting scriptures to you. Go read the Bible for yourself. Let's, let's get back to the Bible. Let's believe the word of God for a change. Would, they, would it be a, a, a bad thing for the church to believe the Bible and to believe Jesus? I'm going to read that, that phrase again. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Wow. That's my Jesus. That's my Lord, my shepherd, my savior, my healer. That's the good shepherd right there. Luke chapter 6. Just verse, <laughs> I'll read verse 17 and 18. I'm going to finish in a minute here. Luke 6, verse 7, Luke, Luke 6, verse 17 and 18. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Why did people come to him? Did they just come to hear him? It says they came to hear and be healed. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Does it say some were healed? No, it just says they were healed. Verse 19. And the whole multitude. How, how, how much of the multitude? The whole multitude. And it's just told us 
In verse 17, this was a great multitude. This is not 10 people. That whole multitude, which was a great multitude, sought to touch him. For power went out from him and healed them all. Healed them all. This is the Jesus we serve. This is the Jesus the church needs to start preaching. We need to get back to the core message. Peter says this is the message. Now, I don't, I'm not going to add any more interpretation on it for that. You just let the word of God speak to your heart. And I believe the presence of God will touch you right now. So since we've read the word, since we put faith in the word, let's pray and then we're going to close. And Father God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you. I thank you for the Jesus who heals all. Simple. It's there. It's in your word. We, all, we don't have to be ashamed to preach or believe your word. And we believe it, Father. We choose to believe you heal all. I'm part of all. People listening, they're part of all. And I thank you that, Jesus, you are the same today. You are the same Jesus. You've never changed. You still heal all today. There's nobody you won't heal. <laughs> That's wonderful. You will heal them all. And Father God, I just pray right now that the presence of your spirit and Jesus touch people right now. People, you reach out to you and look to me for healing. I'm not a healer. Jesus is the healer. As we look to you, Lord God, we reach out to you. We reach our hand up to you. We don't have to beg. Just speak and say, Father, I thank you. I believe your word. I believe you're the same Jesus that heals all. And I thank you. I receive it. I, you, you heal me now. And I thank you for that healing touch in my life. I receive it. And I just give God all the glory. All the glory, Lord God, goes to you for that. And I thank you that people are healed in, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father God. You are wonderful. Jesus, you are the same. You're our Lord. You really are the good shepherd. And you really are good. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm thankful for who you are. And we receive who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So God bless you might want to listen to this message a few more times as i said don't take it because i say it take it because of what the word says let's let's adjust our believing to get in line with what is actually in the bible amen god bless you we'll be back again next sunday for more teaching healing and uh, during the week as well i also teach some devotionals in the mornings and you're welcome to join us for those as well so god bless you and we'll see you again soon